to really set the tone about cloud edge, you hear WAN edge, you hear the word edge a lot, and it's important to understand really what that means and what's going on in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all our podcasters, and welcome back to the Network Insider. Today, we'll be introducing a whole new line of routers the Cisco Catalyst 8000 Edge Platforms family. Not only will we dive into the what of this new technology, but our experts will walk us through how these platforms are designed for scalability, flexibility, and secure connectivity. My name is Jasmine and I'll be your moderator today, but I want to take a quick second and introduce our fabulous speakers that we have on the line today. Corelli, I'll come to you first. Who are you and what do you do at Cisco? Hey, Jasmine. Thank you so much. My name is Kreli Shankar. I'm a technical marketing manager here at Cisco. Been with Cisco for about 14 years. I killed about half the time, about six and a half years as a tech engineer when I first started with Cisco. Then moved on to being a technical marketing engineer myself. And now I've been managing the team that I used to be part of for about uh, two years now. This is a, a fantastic role, a technical marketing engineer at Cisco. I always say that we make a full circle. We work with customers and partners and ask them what they are looking for in our products, our features. We bring that. We work with engineering to bring that. We train sales. We provide new product information to our tech. We also get involved in any high visibility cases that the tech may bring to us. And here I am doing a podcast as well. So we build, we train, we also enable our sales to sell our products. That's great. Thanks, Corelli. I'm so excited for our conversation today. But before we get into it, Patrick, I also want to introduce you. What do you do at Cisco? Hi, I'm Patrick Vitaloni. I'm a product marketing manager at Cisco for uh, SD-WAN and our routing platforms. Catalyst 8000 Edge platforms, but also uh, some brands I'm sure the audience is familiar with, ISR, ASR, ENCS 5000. And I also work with our IoT team sometime. You know Cisco extends uh, hardware into ruggedized options. Uh, What do I do? I make content that is typically geared towards business audiences. So I don't really uh, often delve into too technical of details, but really just help network managers or CIO level or you know non-technical audiences understand what we're talking about. Been with Cisco about uh, as a contractor first and blue badge total only four years, uh, but very happy to be here. Um, came from a security networking background before that. Great. Thanks, Patrick and Crelly. It's great to have you, but let's dive in. So we've just announced the launch of the Cisco Catalyst 8000 Edge Platforms family. But Carly, I wanted to ask you, what did we have in mind or what was our end goal when we built this new family? I'm super excited to talk about this new family that we launched. Just imagine during a pandemic to launch an entire portfolio. It was extremely difficult, but we pulled it off. And the reason for building these new platforms is our customers and partners. We heard them. They wanted high-performing aggregation and or head-end platforms, and we're giving it to them. And that is the Catalyst 8500 series head-end platforms. These are 1RU platforms. And in that tiny 1RU platform, they provide phenomenal throughput, and that is with the innovation of the QFP 3.0 that provides us this enormous throughput that these boxes can achieve. They have about 224 
packet processing engines, each one with four threads capable of processing about 896 packets at the same time. Just talk about the routers that came in in 1993. They were only capable of processing one single packet at a time. Next up, we're introducing the Catalyst 8300 series. These are the new era in the branch world, feature-rich, service-rich platform that is um, brought in for the enterprise branch end. This also, our customers asked for devices that could provide them more than a gig throughput with all security features enabled. These are the evolution of our ISR 4451 and 4431 that support 70 plus modules. Day one supports SD-WAN. We support voice in SD-WAN. First vendor in the industry to support voice with SD-WAN capability. And our 8500 that I just talked about, that's the evolution of our ASR 1001 HX and 1002. HX. The next one that we're launching is the Catalyst Cellular Gateway. And this one is a, another innovation, an IP pass-through device. And if you have signal-impaired environment, if you have a router buried in the rack in a data center with absolutely zero windows, no signal, what you can do is use an Ethernet cable. It all follows the Ethernet rules and regulations, you can connect the router, router's WAN port and the cellular gateway into a switch in their own VLAN. And you can take the cellular gateway as far as you like from the data center, just following the switch and Ethernet rules and regulations to wherever you get good signal. Now, this device will talk to the provider, either AT&T or Verizon or other vendors in Europe and other countries, grab the IP address from the vendor and send it to the router's um, WAN interface that is enabled for DHCP. So that's beautiful. It can also be managed with our vManage in the SD-WAN world. And in the non-SD-WAN world, it could be managed with WebUI that comes free with our OS. Next is the uh, Catalyst 8000V Edge software. This is an evolution of our CSR1000V. Now we have one single image that we could apply or um, boot these uh, virtual platforms, the CSR1000V, ISRV that we um, run on our ENCS platforms will all be running the 8000V Edge software image. So that's the huge launch that we're here to talk about, Jasmine. That is amazing. I can't believe during a global pandemic of this magnitude, we were able to pull this off and, you know, cater to our partners and our customers. We're listening to them and, you know, creating devices and technologies that marry and meet their pain points. So I'm really excited to hear so much more about it. Before I move on, Patrick, did you want to add anything about what you felt during this launch and how we got the Catalyst 8000 out to the world? 
A lot of hard work and great people, which, uh, you know, you always see Cisco popping up as a number one company for culture, for people. It is true because not only Corelli, Corelli is great, you know, everybody involved. It was remarkable. We, I mean, we were working from home sometimes before the pandemic, but uh, everybody at Cisco really just always open, willing to help, willing to get it done, egos at the door. And we saw that. We launched on time and we launched great products. It's important to really understand like ISR and ASR came out over 10 years ago. This was really a milestone for Cisco, who's doing so much on the software side to really say, oh, by the way, we're going to flex our hardware muscle one more time, just so you don't forget, uh, you know, where we made our bread. I love that. Thanks for your comment. I think uh, when we talk about this platform, as well as routers in general, we talk about the quote unquote edge a lot. But I'd kind of like to dive in here and ask you guys, how does this new platforms family help bridge the WAN edge to the cloud edge? I just want to give some context, Corelli, if you don't mind. That's a great question. Corelli, I, I, what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll let her explain, you know, why these are technically proficient at doing that. But to really set the tone about, you know, you hear cl cloud edge, you hear WAN edge, you hear the word edge a lot. And it's important to understand really what that means and what's going on in the world. So, you know, we just talked about the shutdown. So many companies had to shift to a model where people doing manual things in office now had to automate them remotely from home. That's just one example of how architectures are changing. And Edge is a company opening up its branches to the internet so that you know those locations can access cloud applications with ease. It is the people who went home to work who expect to do the same kind of things without any interruption. And it's really that scalability and flexibility that creates business resilience. You know, you can't predict the future. There's a really good writer who says that, Nicholas Taleb. He wrote The Black Swan. He said, you can't really predict the future. All you can do is be anti-fragile and to be able to absorb impact and to change and to, you know, even get better. Uh, and so that's what these platforms are really made for is you might not know how your architecture will look in three years or five years or however long, but you should have the resources to be able to do it. But from a technical perspective, Corelli, I'd love to hear you, you know, just kind of uh, dive into the Catalyst 8000 and, you know, people are moving to the cloud. Why do these help ensure the experience, you know, the, the, the security and the flexibility? Let's just talk about one at a time here at 8,500. I talked about it, Patrick, and these are literally beasts in one RU form factor. And the port capacity that we have is just simply outstanding. It offers 100 gigs, 40 gigs, as well as 10 gig port capacity. All of these ports in different combinations that you could have support MacSec from day one. Of course, we have the single image that we run across all of these platforms that support SD-WAN from day one. And we have feature parity between this new 8500 series to our existing ASR 1000 1HX and 2HX if uh, customers uh, would have these in their environment. And these are specifically designed because our customers and partners asked for this specifically for a colo use case as well as the head end. In colo location, they just don't have the real estate to stack up 2RU, 3RU, and 4RU form factors. They 
they just want this amazing throughput and that that um, we could deliver in just one or you form factor. So specifically for a colo use case is uh, why we designed this 8500. And moving on to 8300, which is um, x86 uh, based uh, software on a chip. And with that, the innovation that we bring is we have four different models that we're introducing in that and uh, two two RUs and two 1RU form factor units that we are introducing. The innovation here is dynamic core allocation. This will be supported starting 17.4, which will be released into this month. It might get pushed out to mid-December. Um, but what that means is, let's say you have a 12-core platform, right? You could either dedicate all 12 cores for your data plane if you're not going to use any services at all. By default, the platform is optimized for services, which means certain number of cores is already allocated for you to run services. Services meaning security application hosting, your firewall, IPS, URL filtering, AMP and thread grid. Let's say that you are going to position this device at a branch where you do not need these services at all. What you could do is dynamic core allocation. You could take these service plane cores and say, I want a data plane heavy platform and move these cores from services plane to data plane. So now your device is capable of a lot more throughput than the eight cores in the data plane and the four cores in the service plane, which makes it a 12 core pure data plane heavy platform. And then moving on to the 8000V Edge, it has everything that the CSR has. And on top of that, our CSR was not supported in SD-WAN Azure virtual WAN integration. And now our 8000V is supported there. And the other thing that's different is the storage profile. Now we can support both 8 gigs as well as 16 gigs in the past the CSR only supported eight gigs. And uh, the CSR didn't support secure object store or um, the ENCS NIM support. And now the 8000V supports both of that. And the cellular gateway, we didn't even have one. This is innovation, like I said. So that's breaking it down by the technology and what they have to offer. Yeah, that, that's really interesting, Corelli. And I want to you know, highlight to Jasmine when you mention running things like security services, like firewall, uh, maybe it's antivirus. In Cisco's case, we have AMP for networks. Jasmine, as things are getting more convenient, as you're able to deploy more digital services, as you're able to really increase your resilience and um, just be flexible, there's also operational risk as you get more digital, as you have more applications, as it's easier to buy, you know, a SaaS application with a credit card, no matter what department you work in. You really see a need for security convenience. You need that networking convenience to be able to set policies, to be able to, you know, um, set policies for branches versus people working remotely, but also from a security perspective. And that's what the Catalyst 8000 really were built for is this convergence around security and networking. It's called SASE. Uh, Gartner created this term. It means the Secure Access Services Edge. 
Uh, we were doing it for a while um, before Gartner came out with that term. We called it SD-WAN security. The market has really adopted and, and run with the term SASE. So uh, Corelli's right. Security is just a piece of that, but uh, it really is driving people to adopt these platforms and really giving them something to consider when they change their architectures, when they open up a new edge in their WAN. And one more thing there to add is, uh, Patrick, the security that uh, I talked about that you just mentioned is all on-prem. We could configure all of that on our box without having to leverage additional third-party hardware or take the traffic to the cloud. The SASE, the industry term, that we have our own umbrella seek as well, right? To provide everything that we talked about on-prem also available in the cloud. What we could do with the umbrella secure internet gateway is with a click of a button, auto provision our routers using our own SD-WAN to establish a tunnel to our umbrella cloud and tunnel all of the traffic from the services side. It could be VPNs, all VPNs or specific VPNs and tunnel the traffic to the cloud where we could leverage cloud-delivered firewall, CASB, Cloud Access Security Broker, DNS Security, Security Web Gateway, Secure Web Gateway, which is nothing but content filtering, and Threat Intel using our own SecureX. So all of this is already available on the cloud as well for customers who do not want to leverage the on-prem security. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, we say flexibility, and that's a great example. Cisco really has the ability. We've been focusing on networking since we started, you know, since the AGS came out. We've done networking, and we're good at it, but we've been doing security for a long time, 10 years, almost 15 years. Customers can choose based on their needs. It's going to be up to them. What does the branch look like? What are they looking for? Do they want simplicity or control? And so Corelli mentioned two deployment types. And so Catalyst 8000 gives you the opportunity to do cloud-managed on-premise security. And that means when you have the Catalyst at a branch, it's running the security functions there on the site, like the firewall, the uh, malware protection, even though you're able to manage it from anywhere in the world, logging into your SD-WAN console, vManage, uh, the functions themselves happen on the Edge platform. But they're also engineered in a way to really support, better than anything out there, tunneling that traffic in a cloud-delivered security model. So they were also built to work with Umbrella. Either way, whatever you choose to do, the platform does it really well. So I know you guys touched on this just a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of power packed into this family. I think that's safe to say. And we're with this family, we're helping customers migrate to these newer edge platforms. And, you know, that being said, how does this innovation fit in with the existing routing and IBN portfolio? Good question there, Jasmine. The reason for naming these catalysts comes from standardizing our platforms 
under IBNG intent-based networking group is the name of the business group that uh, we're part of. We have the Cat9K that we launched in 2017 that had phenomenal success. And then we brought that same Catalyst branch into our wireless portfolio with the Catalyst 9800 controllers. And now we're standardizing that very same brand into our routing portfolio as well with these Catalyst 8000 series uh, launch that we're doing currently. Kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk about and touch a little bit more on how we're helping IT teams through this kind of transition. And so I'll start with like, you know, in more traditional days, older routers and applications had to be manually configured by a team and Um, Those teams usually consisted of those network engineers, those architects. With more and more devices being connected to the network, how is the Catalyst 8000 helping to take that load off of the IT teams when it comes to onboarding and configurations? Let me take this, Jasmine. Let me explain how we used to do, like 14 years ago, I was outside of Cisco and I was so used to the ISR G2 platform portfolio that uh, we had. We had a bunch of uh, 2,900 series routers in the company that I used to work for. I did all of the configuration via CLI and that is very error prone. Plus, if I had to ship a device to one of the branch offices, what I had to do is have Cisco ship it out to me at the headquarters. I was at Cincinnati, Ohio then. That's where we were were headquartered. And I would configure these devices and then ship them out again to whatever their destination is. And then someone will plug them in and I'll have a a backup um, modem line to dial into the router and whatnot. And now with all of these innovation, especially with our SD-WAN, what we can do is simply phenomenal. We could group all of the similar model routers on SD-WAN, on our vManage, create templates, and put all your configuration in the templatized form and attach these templates with hundreds of routers at the same time and deploy them. Now, two things here. These routers need not be shipped to one headquarters location. We could just simply drop ship them wherever they need to go. And all that needs to happen at that remote location is someone has to unbox it and give that router power and internet connectivity. The router needs to be able to resolve name. With the help of PNP, and the router can talk to devicehelper.cisco.com. And there, we will tell it which VBOND IP address it needs to go to, and it will automatically start talking to VBOND, and that will talk to vManage, and vManage will push the config automatically to these routers. Now, you avoid making mistakes, human errors by manually configuring this, number one. Number two, you don't need any truck roll or one person driving out to the site, all of these different sites manually configuring these devices or configuring these devices at a central location and then shipping out these routers to multiple different um, locations incurring twice the shipment charges and stuff. So that's what SD-WAN brings to us, and these platforms support SD-WAN day one. And it's important to note, I think, too, Corelli, that um, 
what our customers had to do before we unified the single image. You know, we acquired Viptela and we built that into the software. And so for a while, as customers may know, they were using iOS XE SD-WAN for their SD-WAN sites and iOS XE for their autonomous sites or, you know, just traditional wide area networking. Now that's changed. And, and these platforms are a big part of that. You don't have to worry about, you know, separate software qualities and updates and bugs or anything like that. It's just, it's just iOS XE, whether you like SD-WAN or you want to stay autonomous. Exactly. Yes. The single image that we introduced in 17.2.1R, and that's the image is um, the single image, and you could run it either way controller mode enabled, which is our SD-WAN mode, and controller mode disabled, which is our autonomous traditional iOS XE mode. And if you think about it too, I mean, you know, it would be very difficult for someone in a command line interface to be managing all of these sites. And with more and more critical stuff being connected to a network, you know, uh, medicines are now diagnosed and dosed uh, with cloud applications. It's like, you can't have an outage and be on the phone and be like, we, you know, we need a CCIE to get on a plane or get in the car. You just have to be able to fix it when it happens or even automate it so that as soon as it happens, it fit, it's fixed. And that's really the beauty of a dashboard and the automation part and the software part. It also allows Cisco to do really cool things like on the roadmap. You know, we acquired Thousand Eyes. If you look at their GUI, it's beautiful. You look at the internet, it's like a map. You see the outages. You can do those things in a in a GUI that you just don't get in a CLI. Yes, some people are old school like me. I love my CLI, but like I mentioned, it is the air prone, air prone, and you may make mistakes. You may type the IP address incorrectly or the mask incorrectly. That could even take a network down. But um, these templates that uh, we offer in SD-WAN is the way to go. And we support multiple different transports, really six or eight different transports. You can configure SLAs and latency loss jitter. And if those SLAs go down, flip that from whatever circuit is experiencing that to an alternate circuit. And all of that happens automatically with uh, our SD-WAN. It's so interesting to see like how just like a piece of hardware can literally change a team's workload and like the way they prioritize their work and like how they're managing the network if they do see an issue arise with all these automation and configuration features. So, you know, with all this power packed into this technology, if a customer is interested in migrating to a Catalyst 8000 platform, what are their options when it comes to subscriptions and or licensing? We brought in licensing tiers, Jasmine. I'd like to explain to our audience how we consolidated these licensing tiers. We have T0, T1, T2, and T3 licensing tiers. Now, the first one, T0, we put in the 10 meg and 15 megs in that. T1 is 25 meg, 50 meg, and 100 meg tiers. T2 is 250 meg, 500 meg, and 1 gig. And T3 is a 2.5 gig, 5 gig, as well as 10 gigs. Now, the 8300s, you can only purchase T3 because these guys are beasts. They can deliver 33 gigs of SD-WAN, IPsec, iMix throughput. So there's 
not buying a 10 meg tier on the 8500 it just doesn't even make sense however that is available to purchase on our 8300 platform now, whenever we talk about these uh, DNA licensing tiers, the question becomes, if I don't run SD-WAN, do I still need to buy these DNA licenses? The answer is yes. DNA subscription is mandatory for both SD-WAN as well as non-SD-WAN use cases. Let me break it down a little bit further. SD-WAN, how do you choose the bandwidth tier? So you choose the bandwidth tier based on all WAN traffic. That includes IPsec traffic between SD-WAN sites, IPsec to secure internet gateway, which is your umbrella SIG, your GRE traffic, the DIA, direct internet access traffic, all of that. Basically, any traffic in transport VRF going to or coming from the WAN. That is when you use SD-WAN. Okay, if you don't use for non-SD-WAN use cases, but you still want to use crypto, then choose the bandwidth tier based on the IPsec traffic. Non-crypto traffic is unthrottled based on device capabilities. Okay, then the ask becomes, okay, I'm not going to use SD-WAN, and in non-SD-WAN, I'm not going to use any crypto either. So what kind of bandwidth uh, tier do I need to buy? In that case, choose the lowest bandwidth tier applicable for the platform for full device throughput, just purely based on Ceph. If IPsec is not needed, then our customers should buy the lowest applicable subscription tier. And that is T0, which is the 10 meg, 15 meg for Catalyst 8300, and T3, which is the 2.5 gig and 10 gig for our Catalyst 8500. I know this is kind of a long answer, Jasmine, but I think our audience should uh, hear this and understand this. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's important to know what their options are because Cisco has something that will fit you know, their businesses or their organizations. Well, one more thing um, I keep getting asked is about 8SEC license. And they ask, what is 8SEC? And they also say, how do I order 8SEC license? 8SEC license is high security license. The U.S. Department of Commerce asks us to report to them if a customer or an enterprise needs to be encrypting traffic more than 250 megabits per second in either direction, that's aggregate. So if you send north 100 megs, then you can receive about 150 southbound. So to make it 250 megs aggregate throughput. Now, how to buy this HSEC license is tied to the serial number. Our Catalyst 8000 will not perform at an encrypted throughput greater than 250 megs unless it is associated with this license. And this license is automatically included with all of the throughput tier if it is about 250 megs. So you buy a license tier, let's say, Tier two or tier three, that's those are the ones higher than 250 and above. 
then this HSEC license will automatically come with it. And if it is less than 250, there's no need to purchase this. And like I said, it is tied to the serial number. And the way to add this license is with a, we couldn't create a $0 PID. So it's a $1 PID that you just need to add it to the platform that you purchase when you put in the CCW order. And for the 8,500, because you can only purchase T3 for the 8,500, which is the lowest there is 2.5 gigs, which is certainly well over 250, this HSEC is automatically included in the purchase of 8,500. And of course, HSEC will show up in the customer's smart account. So this question also we get asked a lot, and I wanted to capture all things HSEC. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, we're moving to this software subscription licensing, these tiered licensing, just to make it easy. You know, it shouldn't be hard to move to SD-WAN, and so that's what we're really trying to do. And if you look at the three packages of DNA, DNA Essentials, DNA Advantage, and DNA Premier, you'll see that they accommodate different, perhaps growing use cases. You know, you get your SD, a lot of your core SD-WAN functions and Essentials, uh, and then you get actually the full cloud-managed on-premise security suite once you move up to Advantage. And uh, not sure if uh, of the community is aware, but when you move up to DNA Premier, you actually get the full Umbrella SIG license uh, included. Different, you know, different packages for what you need. Very, very simple. That's our goal here. And I'm sure we'll continue as we move forward to make it even easier in new and interesting ways. Thanks so much, Patrick, for that little wrap up that you just gave us. But that does conclude our time here today. And I just, you know, thank you so much to our speakers for taking their time and explaining what kind of technology Cisco has been able to innovate. And I think it's simply unreal and basically phenomenal how we are helping IT teams bring that automation feature to their their work life because it's it's just incredible to see how some of that stress and pressure is taken off with just a simple technology. So I'm excited to see what other new technologies Cisco can innovate to help resolve these problems and issues that we see in IT teams across the board. Well, that's it for us. So please, listeners, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and or SoundCloud. And if you want to learn more about this whole new family, please visit cisco.com slash go slash cat 8k. And tune in next time as we get back into the network. And until then, ciao and happy podcasting. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And a huge shout out to our hardware engineers, software engineers, technical marketing engineers, and Patrick, our PMM, and you, Jasmine, our host here for the podcast. Thanks, everyone.